we welcome you to SEC Nation. Laura Rutledge, Tim Tebow, Marcus Spears, ready to go, and Paul Feinbaum to promote the launch of Fox Sports 1. That comes August 17th, and we've got the bus right here in Petco Park. This is the first stop that the bus will make. It's going to go all around the country. This draft is all about the quarterbacks. Joe Burrow at number one, right? And who will take Tua? Well, maybe we should be talking more about Tua's former teammate, Jalen Hurts. I got something special for you guys. How about big mama ballin'? I want you all to take a look at okay. Phyllis from Texas, okay? And I know you already recognize that voice. Welcome to episode three of the Where We Belong podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Eisenhower, and I am joined by... Laura Rutledge. I am a host for ESPN. I host NFL Live and SEC Nation during college football season, um, and NFL Live year-round. And I went to University of Florida and uh, was there from 2007 to 2011. And then from there, did Major League Baseball for a while, um, a Major League Baseball job with the Tampa Bay Rays and then with the San Diego. Diego Padres after that got hired by the SEC Network when it launched in 2014 and then began doing everything from football to basketball to gymnastics to softball to baseball um, and everything in between got opportunities a couple years after that to host SportsCenter and then from there ended up uh, co-hosting Get Up for a while in New York City. Then the pandemic happened and I got the opportunity to host NFL Live. So now every day going to the ESPN headquarters and um, hosting a year-round show on ESPN, which I pinch myself every day and can't even believe is a real thing that's happened to me. But yeah, that's me in a nutshell. How did you get into sports in the first place and what kind of ventured you in that area? Yeah, it's really interesting because I don't have the background that I feel like a lot of people do, you know, similar to you in loving sports growing up. I, I liked them, but it wasn't as much of my emphasis. I, I was into music and ballet and um, the arts really more. And a lot of that had to do with me just being terrible at all sports. But um, growing up in Atlanta, you know, one of my earliest memories of realizing that that I really did enjoy watching sports was uh, when the Olympics was there in 1996 and we were able to go to a couple of the games and uh, you know just watch we, we actually got to see women's field hockey because um, the other tickets were way too expensive but women's field hockey was awesome and I remember being like this is so cool but I was so bad at sports that I thought well you know this is not going to probably be my thing and then um, I, I really didn't fall in love with it until I got to college and I was looking for some extra money to make to pay for some classes and somebody was like, oh, well, you could go to the on-campus radio station and they will pay you six bucks an hour. I thought, okay, cool. I, I love NPR, you know, go up there and do news. And when I got there, they said, well, we'll take you. We have one internship available, but it is in sports. And I was like, okay, well, I wasn't going to say no. You know, I, I, there, there was a moment probably that, and, and it's, that was probably a more pivotal moment than I had any idea of at the time, because there was a moment of self-doubt where I thought, well, I don't really know that much. I'm not going to be able to do sports. You know, I should probably say no to this, but that didn't feel like an option. So I said yes, and I was really bad. And it took me a really long time to, to learn what I was doing and, and to figure it out. I'm still learning every day, but really that opportunity that made me fall in love with it, being there, being at Florida during a time 
time when, you know, so much was great and, and they were doing incredibly well in football and basketball, but also softball and volleyball and soccer. And, you know, I, I sort of got my start covering volleyball and women's basketball as well. Those women and the way that they would compete with excellence every single day, maybe not get the same attention that the men did. I think that was one of the things too, that really just kept me coming back, you know, in those early days when um, it was a real struggle for me to figure out what under the sun I was doing. And I was dealing with so many nerves and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, it, it all kind of goes back to that time period. I think that moment you said about self-doubt, what exactly did you tell yourself in that moment? And kind of where is that line? Because at my age, you're told to take every opportunity. But where is that line between this is when I need to turn something down and when I should just go for it and figure it out? Uh, that's an excellent question because I, I think that there's often this just sort of base layer blanket advice of just say yes to everything, you know, and, and at this point in your career, that's what you need to do. Um, and, and I do, I do subscribe to that because that, that is what I did. Uh, but I will say there were so many times where I had no business doing any of those things. And so I, I think what I would say is that I would use that piece of advice, you know, say yes to things. If an opportunity comes your way that you feel like you're not prepared for, you can still do it, but don't go into it thinking I've got to be an expert in this. You know, it's more about, yes, I'll take the opportunity, but I'm going to ask a ton of questions. I'm going to be honest about the fact that I need to learn through this and that I'm, I'm not trying to fool anyone because I tried that so many times and, and, somehow I, I was able to tread water through it. But I mean, you know, I was like a second away from sinking down there because I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I'll never forget when I got the opportunity to be the pre and post game reporter for the Tampa Bay Rays. And I was still in college. It was my senior spring of college. And I, I remember thinking, you know, I've covered so much football. My, my background had been all in college football recruiting and high school football and college football as a combined entity. I really hadn't done that much baseball coverage. And so I remember this feeling of panic. Like, I can't say no to this. This is the best opportunity that's ever come across my plate, but I have no idea what I'm doing. And I mean, I was reading every book I could find. I was, but there are still so many things that you just can never predict that you're not going to know. And so uh, looking back on that time, I wish I would have just gone to somebody and said, Hey, what is, what is a good question to ask, you know, the starting pitcher after a start? There was a particular example where, you know, I was just, I was interviewing the, the guy who had started was James Shields. And I was asked, I said, you know, you, you gave up seven hits, three walks, four runs. How did you think you did? We don't need all that. Like, it, it's, it's more like, what was your assessment of yourself tonight? That's a great, simple question that always works. Or maybe you say, you know, when you get a little bit more advanced, hey, your curveball seemed like it was really working tonight. At what point did you decide to just go heavy with the curveball and ignore, you know, some of your other pitches that you would use? Or, or how did you set up the curveball to be such a pitch that was effective for you tonight? You know, that that's like the next level. But when you're first getting into it, which which I, I had no idea what I was doing. And I'll never forget when one of the producers came to me and said, you know, you really don't want to like just say their whole stat line <laughs> before you interview them. But I didn't know because I'd never done it before. So I think just, um, you know, a mix of yet yeah, saying yes, but also being honest with yourself and honest with people that you're working with and working for about where you are in it. And I think people are understanding of that. And if anything, they are appreciative of somebody who wants to work and wants to be there and wants to learn. But being honest about what you do need to learn. Did you receive any backlash or anything on social media from any 
anyone watching. You have to remember this is 2011. Social media was so new that people weren't, it wasn't as much of this, you know, cesspool of a platform that it can be now where you just never know what's coming your way. I did, there were a few times, I had the hardest time. So of course this was an AL East team and Edwin and Carson, and Carson, I still can't say his name, was playing for one of the teams. I forget who he's put, maybe the Blue Jays. I could not say this guy's name. And I remember somebody tweeting about that. And it was one of the first real negative tweets I had gotten based on something I had done on TV. And, you know, this is a small market baseball team. Like we're not getting that many tweets anyway, but I got one, you know, and, and I mean, it crushed me. I was ruined for the whole rest of the game and, and like really that whole rest of that series and then got so scared about ever having to say his name. So, so that was, that was one thing that happened um, shortly after that, you know, my next job, well, while I was still doing the raise job, I also got an opportunity to host um, some Fox college sports coverage. And, and that would all come out of Fox sports Southwest in Texas. So I was doing a mixture of the baseball and some college football and then also hosting this, this college football show. And, and this thing, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, wow, this was a, this was a difficult show and I had no experience like doing anything like this. So I really shouldn't have been there. Um, but of course I said yes to it. And, and this was a, there was one particular game and it was, um, it was East Carolina and they were playing somebody. Anyway, I called them Eastern Carolina just accidentally. I mean, I knew it was East Carolina, but I kept saying Eastern Carolina um, and no one was correcting me, you know, because at the end of the day, you can't count on that, right? You you have to fix it yourself. That was a really bad day on social media. This, this was shortly after, this might've been 2012. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, right in that time range. But so I did receive a ton of flack to answer your question. And um, I think during those times, I really did question like, can I do this? Or why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself in this position? You know, I, I could, I'm sure there are going to be mean people that I would run into in some other career, but it's not going to be like this, right? <laughs> They're not going to be just getting blasted. You would not believe, I mean, some of the ugly things people were threatening my family because I had said Eastern Carolina. I mean, it was just ridiculous, but I'll, I'll be the first to say that's a ridiculous mistake to make and, and inexcusable. And you've got to know the name of the team. And I just was nervous and, and couldn't remember it and, and was wrong and, you know, didn't correct it uh, immediately until I realized, oh, no, I've, I've done something wrong here. So, um, yes. From what I have been told from other reporters and other women in sports, I think the hardest part is just because everyone or not every woman, but a lot of them want kids. They want to get married in the future sports is not the ideal industry to go into. It's probably not the hardest, but not the ideal industry to go into in terms of planning on having a family or anything like that. How have you managed that? You know, you're right. Um, and I'm sad that that's still true. You know, I, I can't wait for the day when it's like, yeah, sports TV or, or sports journalism or, um, you know, production or whatever it is, is an ideal place to go into and, and a business to go into if you want to have a family, but it is changing. So it's, we're getting there. Uh, and I think in my experience, most of the negativity around being pregnant and having a family and having a baby and, um, you know, not even just the lead up to that, but then the maternity leave and then, you know, coming back and then now managing a toddler while having a full-time career. I think most of the negativity was pressure that I put on myself. Um, and that's, it's interesting because 
I think we all do that. I think as women, we, that's one of our natural inclinations. Um, you know, men obviously have insecurity too, but I think women, especially in this business deal with a lot of it just because of, um, what it is, you know, and, and I mean, especially if you're on camera and, and in front of people, I think that adds to it. But, uh, for me, you know, what I'm trying to realize and what I, I hope as I, I want to have more children is that it really ends up being something that um, people celebrate in general. And, and that's a reminder that I think we all need, you know, this, it's like a, an amazing thing that, that you could have children and that you could grow your family and, and you could get married. And you, and like, I look back on even, you know, my time of being engaged to my husband, Josh, and it was like, I was so worried about, well, I got to work and we got to do this. And we had so much going on and, and yes, our engagement time was fun, but it could have been so much better because I just didn't need to be that freaked out by, you know, what I was doing, even like changing my name. I thought, Oh no, you know, and, and, and people don't care. Like, they're like, okay, great. Now you have a new name. Fine. You know? <laughs> like, I think that we think people are going to care and, and we think that it's going to, um, limit us in some way. I have found that more doors have opened for me than ever before as a result of having a family and, and having a child and, you know, putting it out there that yes, I'm very much married and I'm very much, you know, thrilled to be in the position that I'm in. I think that that's been something that um, has only made me it, it's easier for me to relate to coaches. It's easier for me to relate to a lot of players who have families and fans too. I mean, you know, they love this stuff. They're like people, I'm always like, Oh no, am I doing too much Reese content? You know, but people are like, no, we want to see more of her. She makes us <laughs> smile. And, and, you know, it's like not Reese's job to make people smile, but Hey, if, if she can brighten someone's day, then, then why not? And I, I just think, you know, sort of realizing that it's okay to, to slow down a little bit. I mean, I look back on how how much I was like anxious during my maternity leave and, and all that time. And it's like, that's that's a time that you never get back. And I, I look, if I get the opportunity to, to do that again, I will cherish and relish in every single moment. Um, and I hope that that women out there can understand that, that like, just, just enjoy it. You know, you're gonna have all these great things that are gonna happen in your career, but you can never get back that time with your family. And um, I really think that anybody that's worth working for and working with will understand that. I, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but how exactly did you meet Josh? Oh, of course I'll answer this. So (laughs) (laughs) it's like the weirdest story. So um, the 2011 uh, Alabama LSU football game, which was like the game of the century before last year's Uh game of the century, and all that. Um, well, year before less. Anyway, um, I was I was just out of college and I was working for Fox Sports. And so I, you know, as I mentioned, but I was doing some internet TV. And so they wanted the, like a tailgate piece around this this whole game. So I went there and, you know, one of my friends was like, oh, well, you should go to the Alabama baseball tailgate and they will, you know, you could do some interviews there. And I was like, oh, that sounds terrible. I I don't really want to deal with that. You know, this is going to be like a bunch of baseball players who probably had too much drink. Like, I don't think that sounds right for me. But anyway, we ended up going over there and he was there and I thought, like that guy is strikingly handsome, but I thought I'm working right now. I'm not going to like go talk to him. And I, I felt really self-conscious anyway. So I was like, I don't, but anyway, somebody introduced us 
And he was so, I, I, I just remember being struck by how genuine he seemed. And I thought that is so weird for somebody that looks like that. Cause I, I just, I, I don't know, I, I assumed wrong um, and ended up to where, you know, we met, but we didn't really talk that much. He was going somewhere else. I was working, you know, that was it. Well, he, that's when Twitter was kind of new. And so he yeah. followed me on Twitter and I thought, oh my goodness, that's that guy, you know, that I met. <sighs> Um, at the tailgate. So I followed him back and, and before it was a thing, you know, we were like DMing each other, but I don't even know what that was because it (laughs) was like back in the stone age of 2011, people sending DMs was, was normal, you know? Um, And so we kind of talked on there, but it was like, oh, hey, you know, it was nice to meet you. Like, I don't know. It was so lame. Then um, the next week I was covering a high school football game in Birmingham and he happened to be there and we ended up in the same Zoe's kitchen. I don't know if you guys have, the, if you know about Zoe's kitchen, but it's like a Greek place. And I was like, those Greek salads are top oh, notch. So yeah. He loves Zoe's. I love Zoe's. So I was like, oh my goodness, that's a guy. That's so weird. He's going to think like I'm following him or something. And he thought the same thing. Funny, But anyway, he, he came up and he's like, well, he's like, well, why don't you just eat with me? And and it was so funny because I remember like texting my mom and being like, mom, that guy from the tailgate is in Zoe's. And she was like, do you have lipstick on? <laughs> like she always, still to this day, she's so cute. She's like, I like your lipstick or you need more lipstick. Um, anyway, so that was, we ended up sitting down and eating. And then very quickly after that, um, and he, he's just a phenomenal person, but he, he was like, you know, I just want to let you know that I, I would like to um, date you. I would like us to like make this thing official. And I was like, okay, you know, sure. I can't believe this. And, and then um, we ended up, we, we, I guess we got engaged like maybe after about two years of dating, but I think we would have gotten engaged sooner, except I couldn't at the time because I was Miss Florida and you, we were not allowed to be engaged. So that was a little holdup, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, he's been, he's so wonderful and has been so supportive of my career, which um, I'm not here to give relationship advice, but my only thing that I would say to women, uh, especially young women who are, are, you know, dating and, and looking to get engaged and married, um, you know, especially if you're going to be in a career in front of the camera, there, the only person that is right for you is someone who will support your career. So just remember, don't let a man make you feel like um, you should, you know, give that up unless you want to. Um, but don't don't let them make you feel like you should give any of that up because the right person's waiting for you to be fully supportive and to be a wonderful piece of, of your career and of your life. Was there any issues there with a conflict of interest? Did you face anything with that? Yeah, you know, it's funny because I, I was very conscious of that. And I actually, um, when I met him, I didn't know he was an athlete. And then um, I obviously found out very quickly. Um, I knew he, I knew he had played baseball at Alabama, but I didn't think he was still doing anything. Little did I know he was, he was like on a path to be a major league baseball player. But um, I remember thinking like, this is probably this is not going to be good for me. So for a while, I thought we need to, you know, just keep this very secret and only have our families know. Um, and then, you know, more and more, I, I approached my bosses at the time, you know, I worked for the Rays in the beginning part of our relationship, and then the San Diego Padres after that. And so he wasn't on any of those teams, I was never in position to be covering him, um, which I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that. And I think I would have had to just like, take those games off, or I don't know. Um, but it never, it was never an issue. I mean, I think for, 
for me, you know, it was more about saying, look, I, this is somebody that I love and, and I'm going to be with. And, um, I didn't expect it to happen. It wasn't like seeking out an athlete, but I, I found that people are more understanding than you would think, especially if you maintain professionalism throughout all of that. I mean, I, I can't sit here and tell people what to do. I would say that, you know, if you're covering a team and you're having, you know, inappropriate relationships with a bunch of people on the team, like that's probably not a good idea. But if we're talking about, you know, uh, one person that you end up dating and it becomes serious and, and you feel like that's the direction that you want to go, I think that um, you can find ways to continue to be professional in what you're doing. And, um, and people are usually understanding of that and, and supportive of it too. I know you touched on this, but how did you go about the name change thing? Because I know like I've heard so many different stories from other sideline reporters and that kind of thing about how to go about that. And how did you choose to ultimately change your name? Well, it was important to me. And by the way, I totally understand when people don't, you know, um, and, and I get that, you know, for me, it was important to be able to say um, that, yes, you know, we're married and, and we share the same last name. And I, I wanted to do that. Um, so I just changed it. <laughs> and I just said, okay, this is it. For a while, I kept my maiden names McKeeman. For a while, I kept McKeeman in my social media name and then like just had Rutledge after that. Um, my actual middle name is Catherine now, uh, my legal name. I, I ditched McKeeman because I have uh, brothers. So um, I wanted to keep Catherine because that's the my grandma's middle name and my aunt's middle name. And now it's Reese's middle name. So that was more of an important uh, middle name on the female side of our family. So I didn't, McKeeman wasn't even like part of my legal name anymore, but I, I did keep it there for a while. And then after a while I was like, okay, I, you know, this is fine. But yeah, I mean, it was just like one day I, after we were married, I, cause I went back to work a little bit in San Diego before, um, the opportunities at CNN and then the SEC network came along. I just came on the air and it was like, yeah, this is now my name's Laura Rutledge. So <laughs> Hello. Um, and, and, you know, it's just another example of these things that I think we think about a lot, you know, we, and, and it makes sense why we would, right. It's, it's our name. It's, it's our identity. Um, but people are used to that. You know, they're used to celebrating marriage and saying, yeah, that's great. Okay. So now you've got a new name and congratulations. And that's what we're calling you. Um, and, and I think it's as simple as that. And, you know, one of those things that, like I said before, even about um, having children in, in this business, it's one of those things that we think too much about and most people are more understanding than you would expect. So what would be your advice for not just, I wouldn't say just women going into sports, but like Reese and like women in the future, what would be your best piece of advice if maybe you could look back and tell yourself something when you were younger? I think the biggest thing is just trying to find ways to not let insecurity bring you down. And, um, you know, I can even look back on times when I had some of my worst days on TV or my worst days at work in general. And, and it was all, it could all be traced back to being insecure about something or letting someone make me feel inferior. And um, I mean, truly one of my favorite quotes in the world is Eleanor Roosevelt saying, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And so allowing people to make you feel bad about yourself, which is just kind of true in the world in general. Um, but that, that's just something that's going to derail you in so many ways. And it's easier said than done. 
done. I mean, you can't sit there all the time and just let everything roll off your back. But that is something that I hope to really instill in Reese is, is a confidence and a self-identity that can't be easily broken down. And, um, you know, there's going to be ebbs and flows of that. I mean, there's different times in life when you feel a certain way than, than another time. And then you can't always identify exactly why you feel this way or that way. And, and that's just part of being a human being, part of being a woman especially in this, in this world, in this society. But I think just trying to battle against the, um, you know, just people are mean and battling against the, the way that they can make you feel and not letting that end up having a ripple effect that, that really does affect way more than just their one negative comment. You know, it, it, I've seen so many people um, in this business get just, even just one mistake then they just can't get past it. And, and I've been there because I've made those mistakes. And then you think I can't even get up, you know, to, to go to work the next day. I'm so embarrassed or I can't look at my phone because of um, all this backlash that I'm getting and, and all of that. Um, so I, that, that would be it. And, and, you know, I think that too, when we, when we look at ways to combat insecurity and, and ways to, <laughs> you know, try and get over that, you can control so much of it, you know, you can prepare so that nothing can come your way that is going to catch you off guard. And, and yeah, it takes extra work. And maybe it's not fair that as women, we might have to do extra work than men, but that's what it is. So let's just do it, you know, and, and um, be proud of it. And I think that's something that I have found that there are actionable tools that can be used to combat the things that would take you down, you know, and, and, and that's what, um, I think arming ourselves with those things and saying, I'm going to research so hard. I'm going to prepare so well that no one can find any chink in my armor, um, is going to end up, I think, affecting everything more positively. So I'm, I'm hopeful for, I'm hopeful for Reese. I'm hopeful for everybody that's your age. I'm, I'm hopeful for, um, all women going forward. Cause I, I do think that we're making progress and, um, even though it's slower than I would like sometimes, I think we're getting closer and closer to the ultimate goal of just having women being equals in all fields. So just more of a fun question, but I know draft is coming up. I believe it's 14 days away, but yep. it's a very quarterback heavy draft. Who are you most excited to see play in the NFL? Oh my goodness. It's so hard. I, I am so excited for all these guys. Um, I think probably Trevor Lawrence, just because, you know, I think he's somebody that um, he represents obviously great talent on the field, but also just a, a unique perspective off the field. I think he's wise beyond his years. There's a really interesting Sports Illustrated article that just came out yesterday with some fascinating quotes from him on just his perspective and his balance in life and what matters to him. And I thought it was really refreshing. And, and he's a guy that, you know, I've interviewed for years and have watched play at a high level for years. And I'm excited to see him take that next step. But there's so many. I mean, I feel like Justin Fields is going to have a lot to prove. He may not be drafted as high as maybe he should be drafted. Um, I can't wait to watch Najee Harris at the next level, the running back from Alabama. He worked so hard this past year to elevate his draft status and obviously did great things for Alabama and winning a national championship. But I think he's, he's a guy that um, – really is going to maybe rewrite the way that we look at running backs right now. Running backs are kind of thought of, uh, you can't draft them in the first round because they're not going to last longer, but he's so versatile and he's got a great story um, growing up homeless for a lot of his life and now being able to make life-changing money for his, for his family and for himself. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I just can't wait. The draft is my favorite thing because it really is like watching these 
guys who have put so much into getting to this point and getting to this level. And oftentimes they've been through a lot in their lives and being able to, you know, yes, uh, make great money, but also just look to their futures and be able to play in a, a league that they've dreamed of playing in their whole lives. It's just really, really cool. Thank you so much for meeting with me and just coming on my podcast. It's been such a pleasure to meet with you. I've told you this before, but I just think the world of you, I get up to watch NFL live every day. Like I just love it so much. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so excited to um, just see where your career goes and to continue to encourage you as much as I can. And thank you, my lovely listener, for joining me on Where We Belong podcast. Make sure you're following at Where We Belong pod on Instagram to stay up to date on the next episode, which I promise you will not want to miss a week from today. This is Livy Eisenhower. Don't forget, work hard, be kind to those around you, and have a great week.